and welcome to this first episode of Mind the Gap for 2022 with me, Tom Sherrington, and Emma Turner. Hello, Emma. Hello. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, so we're excited. This is the first the show of the year. We've got some really good uh, guests coming your way, and uh, we had an amazing run of Mind the Gap last year. We were quite surprised by how many people actually listen to this. So thank you very much for joining in and for, for keeping watching. So in the, in the last uh, episode, we, we spoke to Peps McRae, which is fantastic. But actually, he was one of lots of really amazing people and uh, events and books and things that we talked about. So what we thought we'd do to start off, just want to celebrate how many different people there are and things happening in, in the education world to sort of talk through some of our sort of hits from last year, the things which we were interested in that caught our attention and, and just go through them just as a kind of whistle-stop tour of the kind of the world that we're celebrating. So that's the format of this particular episode. Emma and I are going to take it in turns to tell you about stuff that we thought was fab in 2021. So Emma, I'm going to kick off with you. What's your first item? My first item isn't really a book, really, and it's kind of a slight detour, is that before we start talking about the people that have written the books and run the events and done whatever, I just think that people that should get the biggest thank you and well done for 2021 are the people who are in school, on the ground, who have completely turned up every day with care, compassion and courage and just kept the whole system ticking along. So we are going to talk about some people who are based in school, some people who aren't based in school. But my first kind of champions of 2021 are the people who are staffing our schools, supporting our children, serving our communities day in, day out. You've just done the most sterling job. So thank you so much, first of all, to, to the people on the ground who are who are propping the system up in <laughs> during these testing times, Tom. But my here, here. I mean, that's I mean, that's just we have to echo that strongly. It's sort of I suppose it's silly, isn't it, to say it goes without saying, but it, it does need to be said. So. It does need to be said. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I would stand on my doorstep and clap for a year for schools yeah. at the moment. I really would, because I don't think that there's been the credit given to the people who have shown up day in, day out and kept the whole system going. So we are going to celebrate things that have happened necessarily around in the wider system. But my number one this year are the people who have turned up, shown up and put in that day's graft in school. So thank you so much to, to those people first, first and foremost. But my hit book of the year is one, it's kind of, it's a little known one, but it appeals to the geek in me. It's the book Thinking Deeply About Primary Mathematics, John Cat by Kieran Mackle. And I read this and just fell deeply in love with it, to be very honest. It's, it's the handbook for teaching primary maths. And as a primary math specialist, this was my absolute undiscovered gem of 2021. It was only out fairly recently. But for anybody working in primary or anybody who's got any interest in, in teaching mathematics, Kieran Mackle's Thinking Deeply About Primary Maths is a winner for me. What's, why do you like it so much? Is it is it just the examples he uses or the, the, the way he explains things? I mean, what, what's, what's, what is it about it that you think is so good? It's so comprehensive in terms of he, he explains it in a really simple way. So for a non-specialist teacher, he really unpicks how maths is actually structured and then how to teach it. So you get kind of the, the theory of the subject and the understanding of the subject alongside practical things to actually deliver in your classroom that make sense and are doable. And the way that he threads it all together and, and 
he threads in all the things about fluency and automaticity and problem solving and doesn't do it in a kind of fluffy, airy-fairy way. It's really practical, really simple, really hard-hitting. And I think that anybody that picks it up, deeply impactful, absolutely brilliant, and still based in school as well. So hats off, Kieran, an absolute winner. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fantastic. So you know, hopefully we'll be talking to him at some point during this year. So, yeah, so it's a top tip. And it's not a book I've read yet, partly because... And when I see books that are quite specialised, I just think, you know, maybe it's not something which I need, but I'm now going to get that because of your recommendation. If you want to understand what mathematics is about and how to teach it really well, Kieran's absolutely nailed it for me. Completely nailed it. It's it's one of the things I I bang on about all the time is, I I find one of my most recent blog posts on my own blog was about FE uh, maths reset classes and how amazing it is that, that students have got that far and still can't do some simple things and it's it's it needs to be taught well right from the beginning so anything which is dealing with that from the root is is, mm-hmm. is great yeah and I think that anybody's working with children or students or even you know young adults who are really still struggling with the basics of maths that would be a really good book to go and have a look at in terms of how it's put together in terms of its fundamentals so Thank you, Kieran. That's made my year. <laughs> How about you, Tom? Okay, so my my first pick <laughs> for, for 2021, it's kind of partly the thing itself, but also what it symbolises, and that was, and I'm going to show it in, in, on the YouTube channel, the, the, the p- programme for the National Conference of Research Ed. And the reason I, I picked that first is because, it, for me, it was just, it was great that it was a live event and that people could come together. So it was a kind of feeling of, relief at having finally been able to do that after all the lockdowns but it's, it's also just for me just a, a great celebration of so many other things that uh, that feed into it that all the, the the researchers themselves obviously the people uh implementing those ideas and the whole sort of discourse that happens around it and you know tom bennett and Alain who who support and run research ed that's all, all their endeavors but just being there on that day I, I just felt it was just brilliant to just see so many some new people, people who I've never seen before, and, and all the kind of chats around, people talking to me all, all the time. And I just thought it was wonderful to have this sort of place where researchers, teachers, people you know think and talk about teaching outside of it are all coming together, this melting pot. And uh, and just some of the, the ideas that are being shared on, on in the sessions themselves are just really interesting and of course you know there are lots of teachers who who can't and don't go to the research at events so it's not the only place by a long way but it's something about about it which I just think captures the spirit of the whole profession really thinking these things through and every time I go to one of those events I just think it's so brilliant that it happens but also that you know it it, it is striking to me that those things didn't used to happen like they, there was decades of my teaching where that there was no event like that to go to so the fact that it's now part and parcel of the the thing that we miss it so much when it was shut down anyway so i could go on about it but i it was an amazing event and the fact that it's now sort of back on track and there have been some other uh, in-person ones and remote ones uh still going on and, and a calendar ahead it's, it's pretty exciting that was my first one i'd ever been to that one in london yeah <laughs> yeah i made my de- made my debut this year didn't speak at it but just went because I'd never been to one so it was a it was a 
it was an interesting uh, induction to the whole research I'd seen because it was like the first one um, after the pandemic. And I think the atmosphere was lovely and that everybody was so relieved, like you say, to be together and to start sharing expertise. It was, it was really interesting. The program is so big. I mean, you could probably pick i think i worked out the maths of it that there was something i mean it's in the millions or, or even more i can't remember the, the permutations i think there was millions of possible days you could have depending on which which wow. you know session each time so of course you know it you only can only go to one session each each slot mm -hmm. but because there are so many like 10 or 12 or 15 in some slots at once so you have to be it's quite selective and there's so many people who are so there's a nucleus of people who were have been to right back to the very first one who keep going, people like me. But there's just so many people each time who are new faces who are, who are presenting for the first time. And mm. I just think that's wonderful. What okay, I thought so was really interesting was there was there was like you said, the range, but there was some really kind of generic stuff, but there was some really specific sessions as well. I'm just thinking then about one there was an a one about um a-level economics and a specific way of teaching in an A-level economics class. And I just remember thinking that is really niche, but really brilliant that it's got that platform to be able to talk about something with, and, and apparently the session was obviously attended by all A-level economics teachers. And I don't imagine you get very many places where people who work in such a kind of niche environment get to get together and talk about their specific subject i found that absolutely fascinating the spread from big whole set generic stuff right through to that kind of really specific subject focus it was fascinating to see the program really fascinating yeah so great so what's your what's your next selection oh a very neat segue i met in person for the first time at research ed the lovely hiley hughes who wrote mentoring in schools so my kind of my next pick is her book, Mentoring in Schools. Not only is it a brilliant book, but um, because it supports the national rollout of the ECF and all of that. But I just think that all of her work around raising the status of mentoring as a way of developing professionals in school is such a hugely important body of work that she's really highlighted through her book and through all of the work that she's doing um, at university level, at national level, um, and through her writing and, and blogging and, and what have you, I just think she's doing a sterling job in making people recognise that mentoring is, is a, such a brilliant lever for professional development. And then adding the research and the rigour around the why it's so important and then the how to do it as well and how to do it really well. So Hailey's book, Mentoring in Schools, How to Become an Expert Colleague, is definitely one of my highlights of, of the year. She's just done such a brilliant job there and is an absolutely fabulous person. <laughs> such well, an idea. She's a great character and we enjoyed talking to her hugely. So I, I agree. And in fact, it's one of my favourite jobs that I've done this year was, well, a couple of times now where I've been in the school talking to the people who are, I'm talking to are mentors. So it, it's like the, the fact that they're gathered together is because they're mentoring people in the early career teacher program and talking about what that's like how it had to do it um and what i loved also is that you know quite recently just before christmas observed some lessons and was talking about how great some of the teaching was and i didn't know this teacher was an ect in fact it wasn't in my mind while i was observing her and then the person the person who picked that up was her mentor and he'd been working on her with her on her questioning techniques and he was like really chuffed that like 
but his work was coming through and you think what it does you know it, you're mentoring someone mm-hmm. they're teaching better because of that and that's that's a pretty rewarding loop to, to feel is closing and uh, yeah and so that yeah it's it's such an important role mm-hmm. and normally often on a kind of you know not quite enough time for it and people really have to really give it the their all to kind of make it work in the in the sort of constraints that exist yeah so mm-hmm. highly was great to meet and and that's a great a great thing <laughs> so next thing for me i know we're gonna we've yeah. got, a, we've got so many things <sighs> a big thing for me last year was doug lamov in a number of different ways i mean so uh, three things about one but doug lamov first of all we, we got to interview him which was wonderful and he's so passionate and he was talking from his sort of snowy house in Albany, or I think where he lives. And but he was just so in, sort of intensely passionate about the purpose for doing what he does, writing, teach like a champion, and working with uncommon schools. I just found that quite quite moving, really. How how sort of sincere he is about about that, and the reason why he does what he does. So that was the first thing. Just that interview with him, I just thought was was fantastic. The second bit was. I went on a training that he sort of hooked me up with with Uncommon Schools for how to do remote learning. So I was like, it went in as a participant and it, I just learned so much to refer to it indirectly, lots, not just because of remote learning, but some of the ways they did the training and how precise they were and the way that they used video. And I just thought it was really supremely well done. And the third thing, I'll re- now turn to my shelf here. I know what you're going to get. <laughs> The TLAC, the TLAC set, and I have them here. So this, <laughs> the, the, you know, TLAC one and two, you know, have been out the last, last year. Teach like a champion 3.0 came out, and it's just really great. So you know, Doug, which he, he told us about it in our interview, but he's he's basically you know changed some of the language. He's tried to finesse some of the language and make it more about. Um, the changing the students' attitudes and their mindsets, not just about, you know, routine, 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 although that's not uh, a sideshow. But it's, again, you can see his reflective nature coming through. And I still feel like it's, you know, it's one of the best, if it was, no, it's the best book that helps teachers in a practical way deal with some quite challenging scenarios. So for me, Doug Lamov was like a, a star for us uh, on this programme last last year. But all, all those three things, I just thought, yeah, so great to have him he's so interested in what goes on in england as well so it's great to have him part of the whole community of people and uh, i've always got huge respect for everything he does and, and, and you know and that's just one one of the things he does i was so surprised when we interviewed him about what his personality was like as well i was genuinely stunned i thought he was going to be this big bolshy <laughs> yeah you know and he wasn't at all. He was so gentle and so kind of mild-mannered and he was just such a nice chap and he wasn't at all like I thought he was going to be. So I just warmed to him immediately because he's so personable and, like you say, it comes across in the way that he speaks how much he loves working with children and young people and, and getting great teachers in front of those young people and that's what drives him. It's not necessarily about selling books or whatever. It's actually he genuinely cares about having great in front of young people and kids. Part of, that, part of that representation comes through this idea that the sort of routines and systems mm. and um, protocols and things are kind of inherently, I don't know, re- repressive or kind of uh, you know stymieing. And and actually, 
when when the spirit of the dog presents it and which you can take it is that they're kind of liberating you know once you've got children who can do this and that well look at what they can do and anyway so i, I feel like and of course you have to apply it to your context you, know, you don't just yeah. say do it just like this and but the idea is you can adapt them i go to yeah. schools where it's the main thing that everyone uses and you can see why because it's so accessible and yeah. transferable yeah so Big, big it was lot. a revelation when I when I spoke to him. It was an absolute joy and a such a such a knowledgeable, wise, gentle soul as well. I absolutely loved talking to him. It was brilliant. You're listening to Mind the Gap, presented by John Cat Educational. Over the past six decades, John Cat has supported teachers and school leaders with research-based, easy-to-use professional development books for the entire faculty. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com in the United States or at johncatbookshop.com or elsewhere across the globe to find the latest titles. Ready for the next one? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, you might want to tear your own skin off and run away, Tom. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, that sounds bad. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't believe you did you that. You didn't know I was going to do this. I can't, <laughs> um, I can't not mention the walkthroughs because... If we're talking about impactful books or, and things that have had real influence across the sector, we can't do this session without mentioning the walkthroughs that, that you and I have put together. Because every tweet I see, every piece of CPD that's going on in schools across the country, it seems to be, it's like all roads lead to Rome, all CPD at the moment in some way leads to walkthroughs and instructional coaching. So I know from my own trust and from the work that we've done in our 15 schools, um, what an impact working with walkthroughs has had. And I know on the skit that I work, work with and all of the other schools and trusts that I work with, they are all using walkthroughs. So if we're going to do a round of brilliant things that have happened in 2021, then we have to mention walkthroughs because it's not just national, it's international. And like Doug's book, it is changing practice everywhere. So I think it's a huge congratulations to you and Tolliver. And you didn't know I was going to say this because your face, you're slowly dying. <laughs> I no, can't I, not mention it, Tom. <laughs> if you if you told me, I would have said not to. But but I can't I can't pretend I'm I'm absolutely chuffed to bits that you include that. It means a lot to me. So um, <laughs> I, I really am. I'm, I'm properly chuffed. So yeah, it, it's fascinating to me. Like it's it's sort of thing. I feel like so when, when I first met Oliver, he had this idea that. The ideas are there, you know, that we we don't, you know, we, we some of the ideas are, will come from him and me, but most of them are ideas that are in the system. And what we've tried to do is like curate them and present them. And his idea was that, you know, you we to get to get to the point where it's like a utility where the ideas are represented in this format for all for everyone. And why wouldn't you have them kind of thing? Because they're just uh, because it's then you then get to. to to use them and do stuff with them and we are finding it's it's sort of taking off so i mean we're thrilled and we're just in the finishing stages of volume three coming together and we've got some fantastic contributors to that including you (laughs) so um (laughs) it's great i mean you've written some brilliant stuff in there about writing for example and yeah so there's a lot more stuff there's walkthroughs in there on on play and creativity and writing and assessment there's so many things so we've we've tapped into the profession so more guest writers in in volume three including peps mccray sonia thompson um mary myatt so a lot of people we've had on this 
have come have also written walkthroughs. Adam Boxer's written one. I mean, it's I could the list is so many. Yeah, so I, honestly, I'm thrilled that you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't not really because it's one of the biggest books, well, biggest series I've I've seen, and it and it is genuinely having impact. So thank you, Tom, and thank you, Oliver, um, for doing that because you have codified a teaching for a lot of people, which is saved. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to quickly before I get too more embarrassed by that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> move along now. Nothing to see here. <laughs> okay, then. Next person I want to celebrate is is um, Dan Willingham. So for me, like these are the two big hitters of, of you know, Doblamov and um, Dan Willingham uh, in terms of really influencing teacher practice. Of course, there's Dylan Williams as well, but these are, there are actually three big hitters. But I, I I'm actually going to talk about Dan because he he for me he was he made a big impact in in 2021 in 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 my world for a couple of reasons. One of them is that he published. One students like school 2.0. So here we go. Here's the first one. Here's the second one. And it's a kind of it, it it's, it's got an extra chapter about about uh, technology, which is a useful one. And he's he's added some extra kind of clarifications. And at the end of each chapter, compared with with the first edition, he's got a lot more technical references and uh, notes for teachers and 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 so on. And it's just. I mean, we saw here, and he sort of tweaked it, but largely it's the same as the first book. So for me, well, one of the big things is to keep re- reminding people how useful it is. And if you've never read it, and actually, when I go to a, a training day, uh, I, and I have my standard materials that I use, one of my standard questions is, okay, let's talk about the memory model and why don't students like school? Who's read it? And it's not that many usually. It's like it's it's because it doesn't have the kind of teach like a champion here's a sort of toolkit aspect it's but it's it's such an important book and i feel like i reference it constantly so the fact that that came out and i really think the fact that i i I think i mentioned dan winning in in every talk i ever do (laughs) so i feel like he's with me in my head and i i I saw him do a great presentation as part of uh, an event called um shift happens uh in in may and he, he used this phrase, which was to do with understanding being the capacity to explain. And I thought that was really interesting. So sometimes people find it hard to distinguish between knowing something and understanding. It. And he was saying, well, if you can explain it, it means you can understand it. And mm-hmm. that's such an obvious thing to say. But like a lot of obvious things to say, it just makes so much sense. I just thought, boom. And last bit is linked to that. So our, <laughs> our friend and partner, Nimish Lad. Who, who wrote this superb book for the In Action series last year, which is uh, the, about the Marge model. So the Marge model of learning, which is by Arthur Shimamura. So Arthur Shimamura, who wrote the, the, the Marge book, he died. He died in October 2020. Uh, and, you know, and, and he was, he'd been ill, but he was, you know, he was um, someone that, Nimish should be in contact with, and Art was amazing. He was so chuffed that, that Nimish should contact him and say, oh, wow, someone's going to write a book about my work, and he was really thrilled. But then we came to do the forward, and, and because Art hadn't contacted Nimish, I mean, that's how we knew he'd found out that he died, because he hadn't been in contact for a, for a while. So we contacted um, Dan Willingham, who was the first the person who first shared Shimamura's work, on, you know, he, he put it on Twitter and told us about him and so on. 
And it, and it, and it turns out that he'd met him at a conference and he, he wrote the forward for, for Nimish's book. And it's really lovely about Nimish and the book, but also this touching story about, about, um, so it was like, I just, for me, that just really neatly kind of, it kind of weird in the sort of world of, of cognitive scientists like Arthur Schumer or Dan Whittingham, they have their world that they, that they have, but the fact they come communicate with teachers, not directly with, but through someone like Nimish, I just thought this is brilliant. So that, that was a real, for me, a really lovely kind of meeting of roads uh, through the inaction books. Oh, fantastic. And it, Nimish's book, I, when we interviewed Nimish, I absolutely love talking about that because Nimish, in there, his inaction bit is all the way through the sector, isn't it? It's got foundation stage, key stage one, key stage two. But it's not just sort of this works in his context, which is sort of secondary science. It's actually this is how it works for everybody. And I, I loved interviewing Nimish and I loved that book. And it made me smile then when you said about Dan, Doug and Dylan <laughs> in all of your training. I know. But I wanted to go snap. It's like bingo. It's like, oh, there's the Dylan William quote. And bang, there's the Doug Lamont quote. <laughs> right. Okay, let's have your next one then. What was your next treat from 2021? Oh, nice. The Extended Mind. Extended Mind, Power of Thinking Outside the Brain by Annie Murphy-Paul. So totally spun everything I thought about thinking on its head. Um, was an absolutely brilliant read. It's obviously, it's not written necessarily for education, but it has so many applications for education from, from reading it. And it's so rich in terms of research. In fact, I, I thought I was partway through the book and I'd still got loads to read. And I thought, gosh, this is going to be a very long book. And then I realised that that entire bit, probably what, about a sixth of the book, is just the references from the documents that she's used. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable in terms of how rich it is in terms of research. But it was so refreshing to read because it talks about learning in so many different ways. It talks about um, how we learn, not just by the things that we think, but by the things that we do, by the way that we interact with people. Um, and it's Oliver... Cavigliole recommended it and he said when you read it you will feel seen <laughs> and I thought he's I thought well he first told me that I thought what on earth are you on about Oliver and then I read it and I kept having to sort of throw it down and go oh my goodness he was absolutely right that does look like teaching that does look like learning that does look, and it's what it brings to life is some of the things that you inherently know especially as a teacher of very young children but you haven't been able to articulate why it is that that happens. It kind of gives the science and the background to the things that you know and you feel as a teacher of especially younger children. So it's been an absolute thrill to read it and, and completely mind-blowing in terms of the research that underpins it as well. So very exciting read for me, that one. I know that you, you and, and Oliver talks about it all the time. So obviously he's my uh, other great part of, of working life. So I hear about it constantly. <laughs> So, so he's a big, big fan. And I know that you and uh, Oliver and David Goodwin are, are, are writing the inaction, an inaction yeah. book. Or, 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 you know, it's it's a book anyway about about yeah. the thing inaction, the yeah. kind of practice. So I, and I, for me, I'm really looking forward to reading that because I think what I've picked up from the extended mind is it kind of gives a rationale for things that you kind of experience. <laughs> but, That's it. Uh, I'm it... not sure yet, kind of like 
so the, what so what does that mean i do with it or, or are there mm -hmm. things i can do differently because i know about this so i'll be looking to yeah hear. and it's interesting as well because there's lots of things that you do in your practice that you think i don't quite know why i do this or why it works it just does mm -hmm. and what it does is give you the name and the kind of the handle and the peg to hang it on to say oh that's why it works so there's there's stuff in there that's new and different but there's also an awful lot of stuff that's reassuringly familiar in terms of oh that's why that works it's because of that <laughs> you know it's that there's that element of it as well so yeah really exciting to work with Oliver to work with David on trying to make that relevant and accessible to to teachers so yeah exciting time but the the most mind-blowing book I've written that, that's that's really fantastic <laughs> what's your next one then Tom Okay, well, <clears throat> the next another person who I really enjoyed uh, engaging with last last year was um, Jeffrey Boachie, who for me was a bit of a thrill to talk to him actually because he's someone who uh, in twenty twenty uh, produced Blacklisted, which is well, it, yeah, it, I mean, it would come out the year before, but um, when the Black Lives Matter stuff oh. happened in twenty twenty, and then. People were sort of saying, you know, people need to start reading about about um, black perspectives on on culture and society, and, and in a way which he just kind of maybe be, being paying lip service to. And and I kind of read quite a few books in 2020, and one of them was Blacklisted, which really blew my mind. I mean, just hearing him talk about the experience of uh, being a black British person and and the, the terminology. Um, so for me to then then in 2021. Um, a couple of things. First, we invited him to um, be in the uh, mar uh, curriculum masterclasses, which he did. And then he also did a talk for the EduGive conference, which you and I co-hosted, which was, I mean, that's another thing. <laughs> that wasn't even one of my picks, but that was pretty exciting. But Jeffrey's talk there and, and the one he did for the curriculum masterclasses, I just, both of them were just really strong. And, and, and I, uh, left me feeling, it, there's a kind of, I just was totally captivated. So he he has a sort of energy of of sincerity and commitment, and he kind of he really kind of comes back from the camera, and it's just like bam, and he just like hits you with this like message. You think bye bye, and you can just see him. He's working at a comprehensive school in Yorkshire with you know, the kids, and he's telling them all about perspectives on on literature and so on. He's an English teacher, and I just think. I just love the whole sort of energy he brings to the to, to teaching, and the, he he talks about bringing yourself to it. You can't separate yourself from the the way the material you're communicating, and he gives a voice to that. And aside, <laughs> next, that he's also becoming a bit of a broadcaster and writer outside of the, of education, which is quite exciting to watch uh, his star rising. And he published his book last year called Musical Truth, which is just absolutely fantastic. Oh. <laughs> You've got it. I've <laughs> got it too. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's great we haven't really properly planned this because it's a snap, isn't it? And it's yeah. just, it's just, I love it. So it's, it's, you know, he's he's chosen a whole bunch of sort of, of uh, tracks which kind of tell the story of kind of black music and and you know sort of late twentieth century history, I suppose, and into this century through the musical tracks uh, of his childhood and his family and so on. And so he laces it with sort of, you know, references and talking about um, anti-racism in, in so many different ways. And then there's a Spotify playlist where he can play all the tracks. So it, I just love it. I mean, it's just a concept for a book. It's like, here's some songs which mean a lot to me. 
for these reasons, and then you can listen to it while. And that's what I did. I I, I had a, a day where I was playing the song. I, and, I know somebody else who did that song with their book. Yeah. Well, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm just gonna, just going to check his list now. See when this was put. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's the subtitle: A Musical History of Modern Black Brit- Britain in Twenty Eight Songs. It's just fantastic, okay. and um, he's got more books coming. And so, for me, Jeffrey Bratche is a, is a person to watch for, um, and great guy, great teacher, and uh, you know, a, a real joy to to sort of have the opportunity to talk to him and, and listen to him. That is an absolutely brilliant book. And I've got a stack of Jeffrey Bracci books by my bed at the moment. I'm slowly working through. They're absolutely brilliant. Completely brilliant. Right. Okay, Next <laughs> person is, it's not a book, it's a person. And it's just, it's somebody who's got quite, an, quite a senior position within the sector and has throughout the pandemic and, throughout everything, championed teachers at national level and really supported the profession. Um, and that's Dame Alison Peacock of the Charter College. I think she's done the most amazing job in um, supporting everybody within the sector and, and has fought some very difficult corners and fought some very difficult battles on behalf of the profession um, during, during the pandemic. Um, and I think that she's just done the most amazing job in keeping everybody's spirits up and and making sure that the voice of the profession is heard. And I loved it when we interviewed her as well. So it's a, it's a thank you to Dame Alison for everything that she's been doing in supporting and developing the profession uh, during the pandemic and, and beyond. So thank you. That's my, that's my recommendation. <laughs> the Charter College has is, is really, um, you know, of, of teaching, as she's very keen to keep stressing this what it is. You know, and you see they're doing these sort of, programs and and still saw you know producing the impact magazine but yeah I, th- I think that kind of flag waving for teachers generally has been done by a few people i always think of her and someone like jeff barton and, and other people mm. um t- who have you know real sort of prominent prominence as representatives of, of organizations like that have done, have done a good job but yeah she's she i think she's really good for that kind of aspect of the voice of the profession for sure mm. And the work that the Charter College is doing with like the Chartered, the chartered Teacher Status as well, that's such a brilliant programme to really keep fantastic teachers in the classroom but provide them with that next level rigour and qualification and recognition for being a fabulous teacher. We've got somebody in our trust who's done the Chartered Teacher Programme and got Chartered Teacher Status and it was the most rigorous, intense programme I've ever seen in terms of classroom teaching it was absolutely brilliant and my colleague was saying how wonderful it was and what a great network she built as a result of it but I think that the resources that are posted on on the site that you can get access to and the training courses that are on there and the webinars things that they do are just such a brilliant resource for the profession and the the work that's going on behind the scenes at the college is is great to kind of keep that going and I know they've just had their elections recently and appointed a whole new body of folk so it's just exciting times and so much to tap into there but, uh, yeah I feel like it's sort of it's 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 come a long way since it started and it's probably you know it, it looks like it's something which is sort of here to stay which is you know wasn't 100% certain at the start and then 
I, for me, I almost feel like I want to create some kind of map of, of what's going on there. So you've got the Chartered College, you've got the EEF, you've got things like Teacher Development Trust and all these other mm-hmm. organisations like the Ambition Institute and people that run all these other programmes. And there's almost so many that you feel like, what does everybody do and how does it all link? But the, the, that's a good sign of a good profession. And compared with some other countries where they don't have any of those things, <laughs> we're doing pretty well. And the fact that there's debate about them, I think is good, isn't it? People sort of query them, question them, but yeah. there's a kind of energy to that, which I, I think is excellent. Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? <laughs> okay, well, the, the, the next one uh, is I'm, I'm going to say is Mary and John. I, mean, you might think well, I knew you were going to pick that. It's, it's not. It's a combination of of, of the book Her with by uh, Mary Meyer and John Thompson. And the reason I've picked that is because of what it represents. Again, a, a bit like the um, research ed. So, I mean, when picking research ed, it wasn't just about saying Tom Bennett is an awesome person, which he is. Her isn't just about Mary Meyer and and John Thompson being lovely people who who we know. It, it, it's what's in it. I mean, it really is profound stuff. So what, what their book has captured, and it's a fantastic idea, they've basically interviewed a whole group of people who are responsible for subjects and talked about them about the subjects and what, they, what their challenges are, what the questions they ask, how they explain the subject to other people. And it's just so densely packed with just this sort of intellectual, enthusiastic, uh, rigorous evaluation of what curriculum means to them. And you know, there's a lot of kind of generic stuff about curriculum. There's a lot of kind of over-theorising about curriculum. And there's a lot of kind of like overburdened feeling about it. But when you just hear it expressed through the language of people who are just living it and doing it, it just comes alive. And you think, oh, okay, I get that now. So I just think it's a great concept. And the book is really, really great to have. And, you know, I, I see it all, all over and it's done really, really well. But it's just what it represents. It represents a whole group, a whole profession, which is really interested in what it's teaching. And the fact that curriculum is so hotly debated all the time, I just think it's fantastic. So 2021 was a, a big year for that. But I know there's been some kind of like flip round and then the, a kind of re-evaluation of how far do we go with this secondaryization of the primary curriculum, which is a phrase that you introduced me to. <laughs> I think the set the primary her uh, is due out in, tw- in in 2022, and so that's going to be interesting to see that come through. To so that you then got the two together will be like a real force. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so for me, that was a, a really great combination, uh, and, and it's not indirectly linked. It's not it, it's not directly linked, but it's indirectly linked to the the curriculum masterclasses. So we did um, five events in 2021, and I get to sit there. I get to sit there um, for two days in a row and listen to all these very wise people talk about curriculum issues, and it's just an absolute joy. So a vision of you bathing in curriculum, just yeah, wash it, like lap over you. Yeah, and, and I, uh, so setting those events up, and the, so sort of like ten days of my working life every year, and plan to continue is is just listening to clever people talk about curriculum and it's it's really great so uh all the people who signed up for those events and uh, the the number of different people who, who uh, you know you hear for the first time alongside the mainstays who are you know john and mary and also christine council uh, so yeah like it's all been that brilliant up- doing the the primary huh interviews with because yeah. there's 
me and Lenka Sharma and Rachel Higginson, who've been doing the interviews with primary colleagues for, for a primary hub. Oh my God, I have learned so much from the people that we have interviewed. So uh, all and uh, I get off the, the interview every time and I think, I want my children to come to your school. Every time <laughs> I've I've moved out in my head about 10 times to various points in the country just to try and get you know, just to try and get the access to those professionals. Because our sector, like you say, Tom, is so rich with talent and knowledge and skill and expertise. And it's such an absolute privilege to listen to people talking about their passion as well, talking about the thing that they're hugely knowledgeable about, hugely passionate about, and and such with such warmth and genuine love for what they're doing. It's been an absolute treat. So much. Some of the highlights from 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 me of the the masterclasses that we've done. Um, well, even even very recently, uh, Christopher Such, but before that, in, in 2021, uh, so, so, someone like um, John Hutchinson or Claire Seeley. Uh, and there's a kind of analysis there, which I think, and I, I think one of the things which, which I think John Hutchinson really made me, me see was this sort of, this need to link uh, over time. So thinking of, you know, so, you, so often you find people planning topics planning units isolated and you did the, your talk on this for the edge you give was fantastic on this it was just <laughs> awesome this idea that we you, everything when everything's atomized you lose the wood for the trees and you, you stop seeing how it all connects and that thing to me was really really coming through like you've got to build the, the links as you're building the individual sections it all adds up to something in kids heads and anyway, i know the thinking that's happening there about starting that up key stage one key stage two and it has a special form of curriculum thinking, which isn't the same as geography, history, math, science, which yeah. is, and, and I feel like that, I think that case is coming through really well, actually. Individual bricks don't make a house, Tom. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure there was a food analogy in there somewhere that you had as well, but anyway. I've, got, I've gone building today. I've gone away from construction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you got any others? Like what, what other? We could keep going on, but let's have a um, I just There's a couple of people who I heard speak this year who completely blew my mind. One of them was Evelyn Ford, who won her teacher of the TS Head Teacher of the Year, when she spoke about her headship in London. And I just loved listening to her, to listening to a real journey of a, a real head and the passion and wisdom with which she spoke about the role of the head teacher. So it was kind of a heads up to say if you ever get to hear Evelyn speak or you ever get to go and visit Evelyn School is to do that because um, it was such a treat to to hear her journey and to hear, hear her talk about leadership with such warmth and positivity and knowledge. It was just brilliant. So Evelyn was on my list. So she, if she has published the book, I haven't read it, but <laughs> hearing her speak was brilliant. So Evelyn's on on my list of fantastic highlights of the year for me. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love to talk to her. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I've got a huge list, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to finish up with, with mine as um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about um, the fabulous organisation that is Harringay Education Partnership. <laughs> and, uh, again, uh, for, for what they do themselves, but also for what they represent. So um, it's, it's run by a fantastic uh, woman called Fran Hargrove, who, who, who used to be a, a primary head teacher. And now she runs the School of Good Improvement uh, um, organization. Well, she co-runs it with with her partner James. But she, they basically have set up this 
school improvement uh, company, which all the schools buy into. And they're working with, with me, with walkthroughs, but also with Christine Council on, on curriculum. And it, it's just, they're so ambitious for this stuff. But there's just a network. So it's a great organization, great example of how a kind of, for me, a kind of non-MAT organization works in conjunction with MATs and local authority. And the, the collaboration, the spirit of collaboration between the schools is just epic. It's just absolutely amazing. So you go to an event where you've got a whole group of head teachers come on, different primary schools all, all over Haringey and Tot- Tottenham, Muswell Hill, every around me. And I get to talk to all these people and I go into their schools, I meet the kids, I meet the teachers, I do training with them. And then I talk to the leaders about the challenges. I just think this is just fantastic. This, the, the dynamism, the energy, the, 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 the thirst for kind of knowledge, commitment to the children and some of the ideas they, and they, they, the innovation. So they've taken like our stuff, but then you hear someone, well, we're doing like this, we're doing it like that. Ideas I'd never thought of because coming out of the system, and it's just, I just find that whole thing just massively inspiring. And I just think it's a great sort of way of doing things that they have got this energy. Anyway, for me, that's just great. And I know that I've been to some other places where none of that's there. They're kind of, this kind of isolated school, which doesn't know who its friends are. And they're just working in their own little corner and they feel isolated. They say so. Um, and whereas what, what, what Haringage Patient Partnership is achieved with its community of schools is just wonderful. So for me, that I'm going to finish on them because they, they, they just, they mean a lot to me personally. And they contacted me to work with them, but they just ran the corner. <laughs> <It's actually, laughs> one of the schools is literally just across the fence from, you know, near where I live. And uh, it, it for, for something, for, it means a lot to me to be able to work in your own community. There's something mm-hmm. about that. So, yeah. um, and when you sort of travel around and you go on the train and you arrive at a school, you kind of, it's, you have to sort of tune in to the people and, and where you are, but to be, to work in your own community and be, feel part of something, it's just for me, very exciting. So I'm looking forward to keeping on working with them this year. Fantastic. And I think that's, that probably epitomizes everything that's good about everything we've spoken about, about that sharing, the collaboration, the kind of shared expertise, shared knowledge, and the kind of common purpose, really, uh, about what we're trying to achieve. Because all of the people that we've mentioned tonight are some of the most generous people I know in education in terms of sharing their expertise and sharing their knowledge. And and, uh, it it sounds like it's being exemplified then in practice in Harringate. Beautiful. I I think it is. And I get to see, like, the the materials that Christine Council and her her, her partner, Steve Maston, have written. in, in actions like oh wow so I, I'm always telling her that I've seen and then they they they, they see our my stuff when when they go in so there's a sort of sense of uh lots of people supporting them but yeah okay so <laughs> I think that's I, that's probably a pretty good roundup and we could probably do a whole other hour just <laughs> we could I've got I've got loads of people left on my list but we should leave them for another day <laughs> so, so I want to say massive thank you to um Ross, who's in the background there, who does all our uh, techie stuff for us and, and, and produces the programme and uh, and helps us organise everything and, and keep it going. And we're really grateful to everyone who's watched the, the videos on YouTube and this dialed into all the, all the kind of uh, podcast platforms. So thank you very much for the support you've given to Mind the Gap. We're looking forward to a, a year ahead. We've got a whole bunch of uh, guests 
lined up, which I won't tell you the other. We announced them, but it's fantastic that, that this has become a thing that we do. And uh, thank you to Emma for, for being you know, a great partner on this, uh, you know, bookshelf behind us world. Thank and, you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone listening. So that's the end of this episode of Mind the Gap, making education work across the globe. Uh, with me, Tom Sherrington, and Emma Turner. Thank you very much. And we'll see you again very soon. Thanks for listening to Mind the Gap. We hope you enjoyed hearing what's on our minds today. For much more great content, make sure to check out the video version of our show, which includes additional segments and features. Visit edcircuit.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Mind the Gap with Tom and Emma. See you next time.